Can we see everything? Are we all good? Cool. It's actually cooler, isn't it? It's great. It's very helpful. Uh, we're in the middle of a little series as we head uh, towards us leaving. Uh, we're looking at 2 Timothy. Uh, so if you've got a Bible, if you want to open up and have a look at that, 2 Timothy, if you've got an iPad or a phone or whatever you look up the Bible on these days, uh, if you open up to 2 Timothy, you'll find it partway through the New Testament. If you work your way through, if you find 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, it's just after that, it's called 2 Timothy. Uh, there are Paul's last words to his good mate Timothy, so we thought they were appropriate for us to be looking at over these couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to watch a little clip to kick off with down the bottom corner, Mick. Let's see if that one works. What does the world mean to you? Your house, your street, any further any of you want to go than that? Why should we think about the world? I mean, after all, what does the world expect of us? What does the world expect of you? What if the world is just a big disappointment? Unless you take the things that you don't like about this world and you flip them upside down and you can start that today. This is your assignment. It's like your big chance to fix something that's not like your bike. You can fix a person. It's possible. The realm of possibility exists where? In each of you. So you can do. You can surprise us. It's up to you. Trevor has made an attempt to interact with the world. And that was the assignment. What you ever do to change the world?
Have you ever heard of that? Pay it forward. Uh, that's a movie that's uh, based off the story of that young Trevor who started this idea of paying it forward, of uh, looking for three people, doing something good for them, they pass on the three people. It's almost like pyramid selling, isn't it? But that's the idea, isn't it? It filters down and it impacts and goes on and continues to impact. It's a great thought, isn't it? Pay it forward. Something you've got, pass it on to someone else and continue it on. And it does have a ripple effect and does go out and impact a whole lot of the world. And it's a good idea. But you know, it's not a new idea. It's not something that I think Trevor completely came up with by himself, but it was one that's taken off and made a difference. Uh, that idea of it going on and continuing on and having an impact along the line. Uh, you see, that idea was right back because it was Jesus' idea. Not so much just the pass on something that will impact someone for a short period of time, not just doing something good for someone, but passing on something that will transform lives. Passing on something that will change people for eternity. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at this idea of passing it on. And we're going to be looking at it from, tap, from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verses 1 to 10. What I want you to look for in this passage as we read it is that idea of passing it forward. Uh, passing it on. Not so much pay it forward because there's almost a sense there that you've got to pay something back from what you've done, isn't it? But this is pass it forward. Because this is a life-changing, transforming message that Jesus wants us to hear. So let's have a read of it together. It'll be on the screen, but you also have it in your Bibles. Have a look. See if you can pick the point here of pass it forward. Particular verse. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. It says, You then, my son, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Some great little uh, points in there, aren't they? We we're going to focus in on one specifically today. Uh, but where was it? Did anyone see it? Where's the pass it forward verse? Jenny. Verse 2, wasn't it? That's exactly right. Verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many, witness in trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What I have... I've passed on to you, you pass on to others who will continue to pass it on. It's the pass forward moment, isn't it? If you want to have it there, it's all in that one verse. Uh, that's a great verse, isn't it, for us to think about. What I've heard, 
passed on to someone else. I've passed on to you. You passed on to someone else. Who'll pass it on to someone else? Who'll pass it on to someone else? That it never stops. The passing on of this good news should never get to a point where it finishes. It should continually be passed on. It sounds like another verse, doesn't it? Thanks, Sonny. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. What does Jesus say to his disciples? He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. What has he just commanded? To make disciples. What are they going to do? Make disciples. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It's a great verse. But you see, this pass it forward wasn't Trevor's idea, it wasn't Paul's idea, it was Jesus' idea. Right from the beginning, Jesus was on about passing it forward. Uh, if you want a hashtag today, what a great one. Hashtag pass it forward. Put it on Instagram, put it on Twitter, get it out there, pass it forward. And we're going to think about that this morning and what that means for you and I. What is this that we're going to pass forward and how are we going to do that? Uh, because remember where we're in the context of this passage, we've got Paul, who's had the message passed on to him by Jesus, is now passing on the message to Timothy. And Paul, at this point in time, is an old bloke. He's in jail. Look at verse 9. For which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. He's in jail. He's been put in jail like a criminal, like someone that's done murder, all those sorts of things. He's in the jail because he's passed the message on. The gospel is what he said, doesn't he? What is the gospel? It's Jesus in verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, who he raised from the dead, descended from David. His gospel is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's the song we sung at the beginning, isn't it? The word became flesh and dwelt among us for the while. God entered into this world in Jesus. God with us, lived amongst us, perfectly died the death that we should have died, rose again so that we could rise and live so that we can go and live forever. That's the message, isn't it? That's what he says, don't forget. Pass that message on. You see, that's what Paul was doing. He was passing the message on to Timothy. And he says, Timothy, we want you to do that. And Tim was timid, wasn't he? Remember back in the first ch chapter? Timid Timothy? But Paul says to him there, but God has not given us the spirit of timidity, Tim, but a spirit of what? Of power, of love, of self-discipline. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Can we sing it? You should be able to sing it after the last two weeks, shouldn't we? You see, Paul was timid, but he has the power of the spirit to be able to go out and share the message. And he can be confident in the message. That's what we saw last week, didn't we? We could see he had complete confidence in the message because Jesus was real, he did die, he did rise again and he transforms lives. You've seen it, Timothy. I've seen it, says Paul. You've seen it, says Timothy. Have complete confidence in it. So pass that message on. Don't be timid about it. And he says pass that message on because that's what Jesus did. 
You see, Jesus did come to die and rise again so that we may have life forever. But that's not all he came to do, is he? He came to raise up people to continue to speak that message and take that message. Have a think about that. We often think about Jesus, don't we? What are the things, when you think about what Jesus did, what are the things that come to your mind? Put your hand up. What did Jesus do? What are some of the things that Jesus did? He healed people, didn't he? Amazing stuff. He healed people. Touched them. He didn't even have to touch some of them. Some of them just had to be in his presence and he healed them. Phenomenal stuff. What else did he do? When you think of Jesus, what did he do? Matt. He loved. He wept. Remember we looked at that verse? Jesus wept. Compassion. Passion. He felt. He did that, didn't he? He healed, he loved, he wept, he had compassion for people. What else did he do? He calmed the storm. We did that last week, didn't we? We heard that he did that. He controlled everything. Fletch, what else did he do? What did he do, Fletch? He forgives people, doesn't he? Absolutely, he forgives people, doesn't he? How cool is that? And that's, Jesus did all those things, but do you know what he spent most of his time doing? He shared his life with people and who? Twelve, specifically. And three, even more specifically. But do you think about that? Often we talk about all these other things that Jesus did. We talk about all the ways he did, and they're great, don't get me wrong. We don't want to ever forget them. All right? But Jesus spent most of his time living life with his disciples discipling them just take a moment to think about that because I don't think we think about that much when we think about Jesus we think about all those other things that he did and about his life death and resurrection which don't get me wrong you don't ever want to forget them but we don't do much time thinking what Jesus did with most of his time which was discipling people. He spent time investing in them. He loved them. He shared with them. He taught them. He walked with them. He lived with them. He ate with them. He slept around them. Not slept around with them. He slept with them. You know, in that sense, he he, he lived life with them. Because what did he want to do? What were those 12 people going to do that he didn't do? Paid it forward, didn't they? They passed it forward. That is why Jesus spent most of his time with the 12 so that what he did would not be forgotten but will be passed forward because what he did and who he was transforms and changed people. It's the best thing. That's why we sang that first song. Jesus is better than anything because he transforms people. This doesn't do good for people. He transforms people and that message needs to be taken on and so Jesus discipled people to do that, to pass it forward. We don't often think that through, do we? I don't think. You see, Jesus spent most of his time teaching people to pass the good news about him forward. If he hadn't have done that, the message might have stopped with him. Now, God could do 
bigger things than all we could possibly imagine. He might have been able to do that in different ways. But this is the way that God decided to pass the message forward through people passing the message to other people. That's how he wants the good news of Jesus to get out there. Because that's what transforms people and changes people. And as we disciple people, then that goes on and continues to change because it changes lives. Transforms us. See, sometimes I think we forget that one of the most important things we can do in this world is disciple other people. That is to pass forward the good news of Jesus onto someone else, but not just pass it on to them, but encourage them to pass it on. See, this is not, there's no stop here. It's not, I pass it on you, I've done my job, I'm out of here. It's to pass it on for them to pass it on. The big question for all of us, isn't it? Are we doing that? Have we done that? Should we be doing that? I often get people who come up to me and they talk to me and say, what's God's purpose for me in life? What is it that he wants me to do? What are the things that he wants me to be on about? You know, who should I get married to? Uh, what job should I have? Where do I live? What are the things that I should be doing? Now, a lot of that's actually just got to do with wisdom. God does have input that and wants certain things for you, but it's often about wisdom. It's about making good choices in that situation. Thinking it through, praying it through, contemplating what that's about but you know the one thing and there are others but one thing Jesus tells us to do that this is the purpose for you is that you're to pass it forward that you're to disciple people if you want to know what God's purpose for you is it's that for every one of us Uh, here's a good little definition I thought you said. Well, what is this? What does it mean? Uh, well, here's a good definition that I uh, read during the week that I thought was really helpful. It's intentionally and relationally investing oneself in the spiritual growth and maturity of others or a few others. You don't have to take on everyone, but you've at least got to take on one or a few others. Trevor's was great, wasn't it? Take on three, who take on another three, who take on another three, it, it multiplies. How do you think you're sitting here today? It's because someone passed on the message to someone else who's passed it on to you. And it's not got to stop with you. That's not where it finishes. Suddenly God hasn't finished his work here. Suddenly the message doesn't get passed on, doesn't stop with you. Suddenly just, you're the last person that needs to have that and don't pass it on anymore. No, 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 no. That's to pass on to someone else. And this is how we do it. Intentionally and relationally investing oneself in the spiritual growth and maturity of a few others. You must say, I, I can't do that. Well, yes, we can all do this. And if you can't at the moment, get ask someone to do it to you and then you can go and do it yourself. You see, we don't need to complicate it. The content of what we do is we share Jesus with people. We help them to understand who he is. It's the gospel. 
the intent of it is that they grow and that they multiply, that they go and do that with someone else. And the context is relationships. You actually live with people. We spend time with people. We love people. We share with people. We share that. We share what Jesus is doing within that context and we encourage them to go and do that again. 1 Thessalonians verse 2 eight says, I love them so much that we not only shared the gospel with them but we shared our life with them as well. The two go together. Uh, who knows that place? Fletch, what's that? It's the pub. That's right, Fletch is my man on the ground today. He's got it all worked out. I haven't even teed him up, but he's doing a great job, isn't he? Okay, this is the illustrious Wong, the Illawong, the pub in Evans Head. And uh, a number of us have taken up the habit of turning up on Monday nights for steak night. It's a great night. Steaks, they're a bit cheaper. If you've joined the, the Wong Club, then you can get cheats for a, little bit, uh, for a little bit better, a little bit cheaper. And it's great. You go down, and the main reason you go down there to the Wong is to have a steak. And it's great. Great steak. But when you go up to order, they ask you if you'd like to have a sauce with that. Would you like to add something to that, a sauce there? And you can have pepper sauce or mushroom sauce or any other sauce. And often I'll say, I'll have my gravy, but I'll have it on the side, thanks. The main thing is the steak, but I'm going to have the gravy on the side. I think that as followers of Jesus, we've taken the steak. The main thing is Jesus. We've taken that and then we've put discipleship on the side. That's just an added extra. Maybe I'll put it on the steak, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll have gravy today, maybe I won't. Jesus says it's not a side salad, guys. It's not a side part of following Jesus. It's the steak. If you're going to follow me, then discipleship is part of that. It's not an added extra. It's not something that you buy in or buy out of. If you follow me, then this is what you do. This is what following Jesus is about. Disciples, making disciples, is what following Jesus is about. Can I be as bold enough to say to you this morning that if you are not discipling someone else, then you're actually being disobedient to Jesus? Think about that. If you're not discipling someone else, then you're actually being disobedient to Jesus. Because he told you to do it, didn't he? Matthew 28 says the one thing he tells everyone to do is go and make disciples. Doesn't go and say go and heal everybody. Doesn't say go and make great sermons for everybody. Doesn't go and say make great music for everybody. He says, go and make disciples. That's a challenge, isn't it? Because I think we've stuck discipleship on the side as a source we might and might not have. Who can quote our mission statement? It's on the screen there, but it's a long way back and it's very small. 
Who can quote it for me? Who knows what our mission statement is? We are a community of people, what? Seeking to grow in our love for Jesus, each other, our community, the world, and help others do the same. We want to grow in our love for Jesus and help others do the same. We want to show the love of Jesus and we want to help others do the same. We want to go and share the love of Jesus and we want to help others do the same. Why have we stuck that help others do the same on the end? Because Jesus commanded us to do it. Jesus commanded us to do it. He said, oh, it's all right for that bloke up the front. You've been here 22 years now and you're just throwing something of a hand grenade at us. You can just blow it up now and you can walk away. I don't have to talk to you too much anymore. It's too easy for him, isn't it? And he's been trained. He's done 22 years of this. He's done four years of college. Ha! So much for him, all right? That's dodging it, isn't it? Because I'd dodge that if I used that as an excuse as well. Because Jesus says... He commands us to go and make disciples. And it's costly. This pass it forward thing, it's not an easy thing. It's not something that we just say, oh, we're just going to breeze into this. That's why Paul goes on and doesn't he? He gives three examples of how tough it is. He gives three examples. He goes and says, the soldier. The soldier goes out and he's on a quest and he's on a fight. And he, I mean, it's life threatening, isn't it, for the soldier? He's got to be out there. It's going to take time. You're going to have to put effort into this. And you have to stop yourself from getting entangled in stuff that takes you away from this. So he says, doesn't he, in that passage, he says, the soldier sticks to the task and doesn't get entangled in stuff that takes him away from that. How much stuff is entangling you and taking you away from discipling somebody? There's so much that entangles us, doesn't it? So much entangles us. Social media loves to entangle us. You get on social media and you look up, you know, on Facebook and there's a thing about the tennis and so you start looking at the tennis and you find out what's been going on there and then there's a link there that goes to something else and then there's another link to something else and then two hours later you've found that you've bought a snore solution from Ubekistan on some site somewhere. How does that work? It's just somehow, it just you get entangled, don't you? Or you're on Netflix and you're watching and you start a series. And what? Oh, that's one. I've got to watch the next one, don't I? Oh, I've got to watch the third one. 25 episodes later, you're still there watching Netflix. Or you get onto YouTube and you find one YouTube clip and, oh, that was funny. Those cucumbers and those cats. Man! They are so cute, aren't they? And then you get on and you watch Britain's Got Talent and you well up in your eyes because it's just so beautiful, isn't it? It's wonderful. You love it. Oh, it's beautiful. And then it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you're going to go to work the next day. But man, you've cried your eyes out. You've had a laugh. But you've got no time to do anything else, have you? We get entangled, don't we? And that's not the only thing entangled us. We go fishing. We play golf. (laughs) 
Well, sorry, yeah, you know, golf and fishing, really, they're okay. Yeah, you know, you don't get entangled. That's... Well, you can disciple while you're fishing, you disciple while you're playing golf as well. And maybe you can disciple while you're watching YouTube, and maybe you can disciple while you're watching Netflix, don't get me wrong. Because uh, you do life with each other, but you can get entangled. And suddenly we have no time. It costs time. It costs effort. It's application that's needed. Intentionality that's needed. That's the soldier. And then you've got the sportsman. He's got to put in effort, doesn't he? Energy and effort needs to go to be a good sportsman. You've got to be able to put focus on the task and you've got to put time and effort into it. The, the people here know what that's like. Uh, we've got people in our community I know who are right into their swimming and that takes time and effort and focus. I know people are heading to Lismore three or four times a week at five o'clock in the morning to go swimming. Good on them, but it's energy and focus, isn't it, that's needed to do that. If you're going to be a good swimmer, you're going to put time and effort into it. If we're going to do discipleship, it's going to take energy, focus, time and application. And like the farmer... It's not going to be glamorous. How many farmers do you know that are heroes in our society? None, Gordon, is there? Well, we don't know many of them, do we? But you tell me uh, what's been happening in the tennis this week. Uh, what's Kyrgios been doing? What's uh, Leighton Hewitt been on about? What's the latest uh, thing that the Jenner family have been doing in America? We know all these celebrities. We want to know their lives. But the farmer we don't know about. But the farmer keeps our country going. The farmer goes under the radar. He does patiently. He sows. He farms. And he patiently waits, doesn't he? Because he can't organise the sun and he can't organise the rain can't organise for those things to happen. He's got to patiently wait and see how this grows. Yes, he ploughs in, he spends time, it's effort, but he patiently waits. You see, discipleship does cost. Don't get me wrong. It'll cost you. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you application. It'll cost you energy. It'll cost you focus. It will cost you patience. But the joy of seeing someone come to know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and pass that message on is phenomenal. It is beyond words. If I was to ask you this question, I find my greatest joy in, what would be your answer? I find my greatest joy in my kids. I find my greatest joy in my job. I find my greatest joy in... You put in there whatever you think that might be. Listen to what Paul says where he finds his greatest joy. 2 John verse 4 says, I have no greater joy 
than to hear that my children, now that's not his blood children by the way, as far as we know he had no children, his children are those that he's introduced to Jesus and he's discipled in Jesus. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Paul says his greatest joy is when he says to the people that he's introduced to Jesus, grow in Jesus, walk in Jesus and pass that on to others. It's a phenomenal joy when you see that happen. It costs, but the joy is beyond compare. Just the other night, I was sitting down on someone's balcony and we were doing life together around the drink and as we were there, we were sharing life, we were hearing life and one person was sharing what was going on in their life and how they were working through how God was working in his life within that and then there was another person there who's come to know Jesus in the last 15 years or so that I've seen come to know Jesus and the other person I've seen to come to know Jesus and they're talking and then the other one who knows Jesus, who's known Jesus a little bit longer, starts sharing with the other person who knows Jesus. Oh, my joy was overbright. You couldn't believe how much joy I had in that. I was quiet. I did not have to say a thing. Well, maybe one or two things. I didn't say much. But to see one person who knows Jesus sharing about that and another person who knows Jesus sharing about that, they were discipling one another. And I wasn't the one doing it. But I'd input it into both those at different times, of which someone's inputted into me and I've passed it on to others. How about you? Who are you discipling now? If you're not, have a think about who you can. Now, as those of you who are parents, you can disciple your kids. But don't use that as an excuse not to disciple someone else. Discipling your kids, sowing to your kids, spend time with your kids, help your kids to come to know Jesus because there's no better joy than your children knowing Jesus. Sow into them. But who else can you sow into? Those of us who are a little bit older and our kids are off our hands and they're out and we've actually got more time, what are we doing with that time? Filling it up with entanglement? Or are we intentionally, relationally investing in others to know Jesus, to pass it on to others? Can I encourage you, don't go away from here today without you thinking about someone and praying about someone or even a couple of people that you can intentionally, relationally spend some time discipling. And you don't have to add time to yourself here in one sense. It might be people you already know. And it might be people that you're already doing something with. But make that discipling. So maybe you already go walking with someone. Spend some time discipling in that. Talk about Jesus in that. Explain, talk about what's going on in your life with that. Pray with each other within that. 
Maybe you already do go fishing with someone. Maybe you already do play golf with someone. Maybe you already go to the gym with someone. Maybe you already play bowls with someone. Maybe you already go down to the coffee shop with someone. Maybe there's lots of things we already do. But turn them into an opportunity to intentionally, relationally disciple them with the intention that you want them to do that with someone else. Not just to stay with you. This is not just a you here bit and no one else. This is a multiplication thing. It grows. And if at the point in time you think that you can't do that because you're not mature enough in that, well, find someone who will help you do it. Don't use the excuse, well, I can't do that because I, no, no one's done that for me or I, I'm not mature enough to do that. Go and ask someone to do that to you, someone who you do know who's been in the faith longer. Deliberately go and ask them. Say, so, look, I'd love to catch up with you to do this. Can we find time to do that? To make it possible. You just need to share Jesus with each other. You want to encourage one another to grow in Jesus with other and multiply that. And you want to do that in relationship with each other. That's the content. The con- the, that's it, the content, the intent and the context. More than happy to give you more information on how to do that. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that, guys. It doesn't have to be. But imagine the impact of that. Multiplies out, doesn't it? That's how you're here today. If someone didn't disciple someone 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, we would not be here. So let's sort of stop with us. Let's take it and pass it forward. Paul's words to Timothy, his last words. He's encouraged him not to be timid because you have the spirit. You have the confidence to know that this message is true. It transforms and changes people. It doesn't just influence people, it transforms people. So take it. Pass it on to reliable people. We'll pass it on to others. How about we? pass it forward as well let's pray Heavenly Father sometimes Lord we want to not just sometimes we want to ask forgiveness Lord for disobeying you for not taking your command to heart to not taking your command to go and make disciples as a command to us and just pushed it to the side and put it on a a side dish Lord forgive us Lord that we haven't seen that that's exactly what Jesus did if you want to follow what Jesus did, that's what he did, Lord. Pray, please, Lord. Forgive us for not doing that. Forgive us for getting entangled. Forgive us for not putting the time and effort and focus and patience into this, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your forgiveness is complete and we thank you, Lord, that by your Spirit, we don't need to be timid by your Spirit. We have the power of self-discipline and love to pass this forward, Lord, and we can be confident in your message, Lord, because it transformed our lives. It's been transforming lives for over 2,000 years and it will continue to do that, Lord. And the way that you make that possible is for us to pass it forward. Heavenly Father, Enable us, empower us, give us that confidence. Take away our timidity. Give us the passion, Lord, to know that our greatest joy is to see others walking in your truth.
and passing that on, Lord. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.